we're doing date nights. So every week to get us through this, we've set aside like one night that we'll do a date night and one person. This is with my husband, by the way. Just, <laughs> just to point that out. On Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So one night a week and one of us will cook and like kind of put it all on and we'll, you know, music and just like try to pretend like, you know, I don't know whatever um so I it was my turn to cook and generally there's no like input as to what the other person's gonna do but I was thinking okay so we got so like we do dessert and everything like the whole all of it so it's all it's a big thing yeah it's a big production (laughs) so he's like so Will suggested crumble and I love a crumble I'm not a massive dessert person and I hate to bake I do not like Mm -hmm. to bake so I'm like "Mm, okay crumble's like pretty easy in you know the like the pudding dessert you know, spectrum, like I would say it's pretty like fruit in the topping in it. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. So then we're discussing it and I was thinking I'd never made a crumble because again, don't really do desserts. And I said, okay, well maybe I could do like cherries. I don't know. It's like, what? No, you don't do cherry crumble. No. Like, why not? Like cherry and apple. What about that? No, no, going back and forth. And then he's like, well, it'd be really great if you could just like put some raisins in there too. (gasps) No. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that sounds delicious to me. I know. I know. You I, am, no. I am. a ninety-year-old woman. So. What an old man dessert. I know. <laughs> I'd eat it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Murder Friends, the podcast where three friends from three different countries talk about murder. My name's Alana, and I'm Canadian. I'm Anna, and I'm American. My name's Hannah, and I'm British. So sit back and relax. You're among friends, and let's talk murder. Has so, anyone what done are we anything? Been up to? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me exciting things that you've been up to. It was my wedding anniversary last week. Oh, oh congratulations. Happy anniversary. Thanks. Yeah, I've been married for eight years, eight whole years. Wow. Yeah, and um, I think I show, I think I texted you both a picture of the anniversary card that James got me. And it <gasps> oh, was a, yes. Um, the, the ti- it was from Tiger King, and it was like a, it had Carol Baskin on it, and it just says, I love you so much, I hope you never, and then it had in quotes, disappear. <laughs> and then it just had this really, like, really unattractive um, illustration of Carol Baskin in the, co- in the corner. But um, it arrived late. It didn't arrive on, on our actual anniversary because he ordered it, like, ordered it online because he can't can't go to paper chase so he made me a card for the interim oh and i've got it here and i'll send a picture so you can put it we can put on thing but he just used memes oh wow so he's got one that's it's like he's got the ancient aliens guys and he's just put he's made these memes himself he didn't like copy and paste them so these are like new memes these are memes that he made himself oh my god popular popular meme formats so the first one is the ancient aliens guy and it's got at the top how do we make it to eight years and then it's just got aliens (laughs) aliens <laughs> genuinely hilarious um and then he's got the Jeather drake meme at the, yeah like that drake yeah. meme where he's like yes to one thing and then like no to the other and then it's just like at the top it says like getting married and drake's doing the like the oh no and then it says getting married to your best friend and reaching eight years and it's like the hell yeah <laughs> and it's just it's really funny and there's like four like solid gifts on there so i'll um I'll send you a picture of that and we can put it on the social that's really but funny. he did use um he did use comic sounds Oh. As, as the font okay and so he gets purely 
purely to piss me off. <laughs> so it was like an irony comic sans. Oh. Yeah, and he's written on he's written on the back, produced by his P's initials, graphic designs, all text comic sans bold. No liability accepted for injury caused by seizures from excessive use of comic sans. <laughs> <laughs> so this is probably the best card I've ever got in my life. And it's like a proper like homemade, like folded A4. <laughs> That is bit of paper. All right, he gets massive points. That is actually better than the Carol Baskins one that he ordered. I know. Yeah, it's yeah. not know. so good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like setting the bar very high now. Although you are the queen at making cards. Yes. Oh, yeah. I like, a, I like fucking around with people's birthday cards. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's great. So what did you guys do? Did you do anything at your no. house? <laughs> Uh, no, we don't normally like do anything for our wedding anniversary, and I know that sounds silly, but we were together for quite a long time before we actually got married. Hmm. Um, so we have actually like earlier this year celebrated like our fifteen year like relationship anniversary. Wow! Hmm. So that's more of like a big deal than our wedding anniversary, which sounds really stupid. No, I think no, it makes I sense. feel the same. Yeah, because my husband and I were together for like six years before we got married. Mm. So it's kind of like weird. It's like, yeah, we've been married a year. Yeah, but we've been together for seven when it comes to our, you know what I mean? You're like, no, yeah. no, no, I think I'll just. I feel like they need to have to like back it up. I'm like, yeah, we've been together for so long, even though we've only been married for this long. And it's just like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, totally. I got you. Cool. Wow. So um, what else have you guys been doing? Atlanta, what have you been up to? Um, you know, just living in my parents' guest room. Um. <laughs> I don't have any wonderfully cute, quaint stories. Um, I do have Animal Crossing to fill the void. So I've been playing that uh, probably too much. But there's something so deeply soothing. And I'll just sit there and I'll play, you know, fix up my island a little bit. And... The, the game just, like, makes me smile. So I'm sitting there smiling to myself. And, like, my mom will, like, my mom will pop in. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm catching bugs. She's like, you do know how old you are, though, right? Like, and I was like, well, I don't have much options right now. But, yeah, I've been playing Animal Crossing. It's absolutely beautiful and sweet. And I love it. That's kind of it over here. Do you have guys have any watch recommendations? What have you been watching? Anything old or new? We haven't actually been watching. I've just kind of got really got fatigued about watching TV. Mm. And it's just like, I just don't want to do do it anymore. I mean, I, I obviously will, but um, <laughs> I just don't. Oh, it's just like trying to find something to watch, like put on the TV in the afternoon. It's just so much like it's stressful now. So we've been watching um, the Great British Menu, <laughs> which is fun. It's like a like top chefs um, competing to prepare a dish for this huge like banquet. So it's actually like Michelin star chefs from like really cool restaurants all around the country competing to do this, and it's good fun. But other than that, no, no I haven't. <laughs> that sounds amazing, though. Yeah, it's really good. I know what you mean. I think I told you guys because we had a little we had a little meeting off the record earlier this um <laughs> this week and I was saying like I was just struggling with like finding things to concentrate on on tv because I'm just like I am so sick of watching television which I mm. never thought I'd say because I quite you know I quite like watching my binging my television when I have time um yeah no I'm kind of the same there's a new show that came out on Amazon Prime yesterday 
that already aired in the States called Little Fires Everywhere, I think. Oh, I've not heard of it. It's a book, and it's um, Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so I've sort of – oh, Joshua Jackson's in it too. little Dawson's throwback. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so he – it's a book, like I said, and I started it, and it's like – it's really pretty interesting so far. I watched a couple episodes. But yeah, I know exactly. I'm sort of – just bored of it now. <laughs> yeah, if anything, I've been working on my island, obviously. <laughs> but I will also listen to um, a podcast, like um, an old Dateline that I don't remember. And it's like my soothing zone. I'm working on my island. I'm catching <laughs> bugs. I'm listening to a Dateline <laughs> episode. Um, but yeah, I haven't really been watching anything, really. Yeah. I feel you. So if you guys have any recommendations out there, maybe let us know. <laughs> oh, I've also been watching The Last Dance a little bit. It's I started that some too. Because so many people said it was so good and it's about Michael Jordan. Um his like this this one of I think it's his last season with the Bulls and I can't I don't know. I'm only on the first like couple episodes. But it was really it's really nostalgic like the mu- music is quality. It's like <laughs> music from like the 90s. I like it. So I'm going to think I'm going to stick with it um, eventually. But it's, like, quite inspiring. That's what everyone says. But mm. I'm, like, I'm also in that mood of, like, I don't want to be inspired right now. <laughs> inspire <laughs> me to do what? Like, don't inspire me, okay? Save it. Because I've got nothing. I mean, where am I going to go with all this inspiration, you know? <laughs> have to do some hike training, Anna. Yeah. God. I know we do, don't we? So we... So, <laughs> so we, um, we were booked on to do one of the Macmillan Mighty Hikes. Um, which was supposed to take place in June, but they got cancelled. And then there was this sort of toing and froing about whether or not they were going to reschedule them. Um, and they have now rescheduled it. We're doing the one in the Lake District, and um, it's been rescheduled for September. Oh dang! And now it's like great. No, I have to prep, but we have we, we have to prep for like a twenty six mile hike with mm-hmm. like very little time. And also, I haven't been doing anything since March. I've literally been sitting down and eating hula hoops. And that is no word of a liar. That's, I mean, that's goals, though, by the way. I I mean, it's my own fault. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to have to start prepping for that. I've been um, running a lot. So I'm doing, like, Mm. this 100 kilometers, running 100 kilometers in May. Mm. Um, So I'm up to 88 kilometers. Oh, dang. Today I did another 10K. Good for you. Yeah, so I'm... I'm almost there. I got 12k left for the month, which I will uh, ideally smash that out in a couple of days. And so, with time to spare. But then I'm like, great. What do I do for June now? Like <laughs> 2,000 like, kilometers. I know. Like, <laughs> so I guess. But also, I'm running. But that's not the same as walk training and hike training. Like it. Yeah, it's really you know different. what I mean. So it's not yeah. the same. So I think I'm gonna have to start really like now alternate, and I'm gonna have to do some really start to walk but mm. fingers crossed <laughs> in june sometime we may be allowed to have a social distance walk <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, fingers crossed things are keep going you know that's what james said to me the other day he was like oh i could just like drive you somewhere and drop you off and you could walk back there you like, go. we would be allowed to train. do that now and it's like that means i wouldn't have to get the train um which would be quite good so um I was just like, yeah, great, thanks. Just drop me in the middle of fucking nowhere yeah. and I'll walk back on. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yeah. So you, you used to do that a lot. You would take the train and then walk back. Yeah, I'd take a train like a um, couple of stops, like I say a couple of stops, like some stops down the line or up the line, depending on which way I wanted to go, and then um, walk back 
So yeah. that's a really boring walk, but it's also just like plenty of miles in the legs. But it just gets in yeah. the miles. Yeah. So. And also that was pro- like premium podcast listening to time. Yeah. Oh, I so bet. I was like, oh, I love being on my own when it comes to like things like that. So like walking with like a podcast in and it's quite like busy, so I'm not going to get murdered. So I did feel quite safe, but it was like Excellent. the best time to listen to a podcast. Do you ever though, I find myself sometimes if I'm listening, like I've been listening while I run and if it's particularly like not busy around and it's a, if I'm wanting listening to is a bit eerie, like sometimes I'm a little bit like, okay, I turn it down kind of low because like I feel mm. like I want to be able to hear what's going on around me. Definitely like I start to get a little paranoid. <laughs> I only, um, when I run, I only wear one ear, like one yeah. earbud. Yeah. Um, just because I've heard like horror stories of yeah. like what happens to women when they go running. Exactly. Yeah, fair yeah. I'll turn it down real low so that I'm I can like hear the surroundings. Hear yeah. everything around me. Um yeah, absolutely. That also brings me to our walk etiquette. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're on this twenty six mile walk. It's on the day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's totally acceptable because I'll tell you why I've asked this. Because Will <laughs> thinks it's outrageous. So I know that though, you know, 26 miles, I mean, how much walking is that? Like how many hours? 12? So last, so I did a, I did the South Coast Mighty Hike a couple of years ago and it, it took me 10 hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. Okay. It's a long time. But it was, it was really, really hot. And like the last bit is really, really tough because it's, you go over the Seven Sisters Country Park, which is like mm. seven big, big, big hills. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. So, cause I, so basically I'm sure there'll be time in there that we'll just be like, all right, we'll walk to each other, but let's put some earphones in and podcast. Oh, yeah, I don't want to talk to you for 11 hours. Exactly, okay, because it's really funny. I like you, but my God. I know, exactly. Thank you, thank you, all right? It's not you, I just don't think I could talk to anyone for 11 hours. I agree, I agree. Because if we go on a run or something or walk, and one time I brought my headphones and I'm like, okay, cool, so I'm going to just, you know, pop them in and yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and he's like, what are you doing? so rude like he wants me to <laughs> chat with him while we're like jo- I'm like and he doesn't shut up either because you think you know he talks quite a lot but he just still doesn't even stop when he's running <laughs> jeez <laughs> i'm glad we're on the same page here that's great yeah we'll have like some set times yeah set times of not speaking to one another <laughs> <laughs> All right, so true crime news today. I've got a couple of stories for you. Now, the first one is actually super breaking recent, as in yesterday. All right, so the headline is, Man confesses to fatally stabbing his father on Zoom video conference call. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. So, obviously, I want to talk about this one because everyone is (laughs) doing Zoom calls at the minute. And, um, yeah, wow. So many Zoom calls. (laughs) Please make make him stop. <laughs> I just keep my mouse like hovering over leave meeting. So I'm like, I'm, I gotta be the Ready first one go. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so everyone out there can sort of relate. Hopefully not this. This is incredibly disturbing. This article comes from The Guardian. And obviously, as always, we will link our sources in on our website. Uh, a Long Island man suspected of fatally stabbing his father on a live Zoom call confessed to the caught-on-camera killing after police found him trying to wash blood off his body with Dr. Pepper, pro- prosecutor said on Friday. That's a waste of Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I love Dr. Like Pepper. A, is oh that a cleaning God, yeah. agent? 
No. Ready? I'll tell you why he chose the Dr. Pepper. Thomas Scully Powers, 32, was arraigned via video and ordered to jail without bail after pleading not guilty to a murder charge and the attack on Long Island, New York on Thursday. So that's Thursday, so a couple of days ago. That left 72-year-old Dwight Powers nearly decapitated as horrified call participants scrambled to dial 911. Did you say he was arraigned via video call? Yes. That's quite poetic, don't you think? Yeah, I (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Oh, my God. Sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry. It's so true. District Attorney Tom... Sini said Scully Powers told police he stabbed his father about 15 times and used several knives because the blades kept bending. An, I'm sorry, this is really gruesome, guys. I do apologize. An autopsy showed that Powers had multiple stab wounds to his back, neck, torso, and police found multiple knives at the scene. By the defendant's own admission, he brutally stabbed his own father repeatedly until he was certain that he was dead, Sini said, calling it a really shocking and disturbing case. Prosecutors say that Scully Powers attacked his fathers around noon on Thursday at their Amneville apartment as the older man sat down for a Zoom video meeting, beating him before returning to the room with a knife. That prompted one of about 20 other people on the meeting to call 911. Oh my God. 20 people were on that call. How horrifying is that? After an apparent attempt to clean up, although why bother? Because 20 people just saw what you did. Not really 20 sure. witnesses. Yeah. yeah. Um, Scully Powers jumped out of a second floor window and fled on foot as police officers arrived. Prosecutors said um, a mop and mop bucket were found in the bathroom and a blood saturated bed sheet was found in a garbage bag. So Scully Powers then ran to a deli swiped several bottles of Dr. Pepper and tried using the soda to wash blood off his body, prosecutors said. That's where the Dr. Pepper came in. <laughs> oh, gosh. God. So, Amneville Village police apprehended Scully Powers within an hour of the killing and about a mile from the apartment. He was treated at a hospital for injuries from his jump. Because he, he jumped out of a second-story window, for goodness sake. Just a quick question about stories, like first floor, second floor. Because I know they're different in North ah, America, aren't yes, they? Yeah. So yes. I'm on. So we have like ground floor, first floor, second floor, whereas you have first floor, second floor, third yeah. floor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it would be first floor here. Still so quite away though, isn't it? It's like, still out of a window that's not on the ground floor. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I always found that really weird. So at in, in North America, we say, wait, do you in Canada as well? Yeah, it's the same ground. We start with ground floor. Oh, you do, and then first floor. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Fir- so we're first floor. Oh no! Like wait, your first floor, floor is the ground floor. Yeah, first floor is no. the ground floor. Yeah, we're first. We're we. We're, yeah, we're. God, no, I don't floors. even remember anymore. We're. I think we're I first know. floor. <laughs> yeah, we're first floor, ground floor, then second story. So it's like a two-story house is like. The yes. second. Yeah. 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 You're. You're like okay. Yeah. Because I was like, if he jumps out of, in the UK, if he jumps out of like a second-story window. That would be like the third floor. You would probably like fucking die. Yeah, that would <laughs> like, you be. You would really, Most really sec- hate. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, be, you running. wouldn't be running to a deli. You wouldn't be no. running. No, 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 no. Yeah, fair one. I'm glad you pointed yeah. that out because yeah. I know sometimes I just get really confused when I read things. I'm like, oh my god, he jumped so high. <laughs> I know. Like, and it's just like, no, he didn't. No, you break both <laughs> your legs. Yeah. Yikes. So I hope no one has as bad of a zoom meeting as that guy that's terrible so i'm one i'm gonna guess it's a very new thing that's just happened um a new crime so uh, i'm gonna guess perhaps there was some sort of mental health or drug abuse going on with the son i don't know it just seems like completely 
why wouldn't you just wait? Like, either before the call or after the call. Like, why you gotta do it in front of an audience? But then, why bother even cleaning it up if they've, like, saw you? That's the whole thing I don't get. So, like, he was going to try, he was trying to clean it up. But, why? Yeah, there's something else going on there, isn't there? Yeah, so, anyway, if if I hear anything else, see anything else about that, I will update. Right, my second story today... Now, in the mornings, I have, like, I don't really watch the news in the mornings. I used to watch it in the mornings, but I don't really watch actual, like, cable news anymore because at the moment all is it, all it is about is the coronavirus, which I'm done. I'm spent. Don't want to hear about it right now. Like, that much intense news all the time. Don't want it. But I do read, like, my news apps and stuff, like, while I have my coffee in the morning and just, like, read about stuff. And I came across this one in – it's a really good article, and I'm going to link the article too. Um, it's New York Times, and it's about a case that I haven't from Norway that I never heard of and like didn't know what was going on. Um, but it's very interesting. I I personally really love like a Scandi Noir TV shows. Love like the Killing, the you know the Bridge, mm. um, Trapped, all of them, all the classics. Like love it. They just, they're really good at that like genre of like the quite the gritty like police yeah. procedural. Anyway, so I will start. So in Fellhammer, Norway, sorry if I did not pronounce that right at all. Her last phone call was at 9.14 a.m., around the time that her husband, one of the richest men in Norway, passed under the security cameras of the gates of his energy and property investment company. Not much later that morning, more than 18 months ago, Anne Elizabeth Hagen, 68, vanished from her house in suburban Oslo. When the police in Norway investigated, they found only a plastic strip, a shoe print, and some bloodstains, as well as Miss Hagen's cell phone. The couple's new puppy was locked in the bathroom, and on their bed lay a poorly written but highly detailed ransom note asking for $9.5 million to be paid in an obscure cryptocurrency called Monero, which, never heard of that. Mm-mm. At first, the police treated the matter as a straightforward kidnapping and ransom case, and they asked the Norwegian news media to remain silent. After a few months, however, the police became increasingly convinced that the clues they found in the house had been planted to mislead them and hide the fact that Miss Hagen was actually murdered. That growing conviction led the police in January of 2019 to let the public in on their secret in hope that someone somewhere could shed light on what happened. From the moment it was revealed, Miss Hagen's disappearance and possible killing, has gripped the Scandinavian nation where murders are rare and crime is mainly a subject for fictional TV series and books, (laughs) which is true. (laughs) They don't have a particularly high crime rate. So we've never seen anything like this in Norway, said Leif Lair, a former Oslo police chief known for recovering, is it, how do you say it, Munch? Scream, you know the painting Scream? Edward Munch. Munch, it is Munch, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, after the painting was stolen in 1994, um, so he's the one that like helped recover that. I follow every twist and turn, every development. On the day of the disappearance, on October 31st, 2018, Miss, Mr. Hagen returned home from work around lunchtime to find the ransom note. His wife's cell phone showed an unanswered call by an electrician at 9.48, placing the time of her disappearance sometime before then. The police said, Employers have been, have confirmed that Mr. Hagen was at work at the time at his office complex eight minutes from the house. So he's got an alibi. Mr. Hagen, who's worth around $190 million, 
made his fortune as a founder of a utility company, which serves all of Scandinavia. He also owns a large ski resort and other properties. It emerged early on that in 1993, the couple who have three grown children changed their marriage contract, public records show, to stipulate that in the event of a divorce, she would only get the furniture, a car, and the right to keep the land she inherited from her parents, which is... That's interesting. I know. That's terrible. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I know. Mm -hmm. And he's worth $190 Like, you can't give her $10 Sure. Yeah. And they've been married for, like, with three grown children. Like, that's insane. Oh, cool. At at first, that seemed to eliminate financial considerations as a motive for Mr. Hagen to kill his wife, but legal experts quickly raised doubts that the agreement would even hold up in court. Mr. Hagen's lawyer said that the couple had not been experiencing any marital turbulence at the time she vanished. Throughout the marriage, there have been moments that have been tough, he said, but they, have, they didn't have any recent problems. Mr. Hagen, who denies any involvement in his wife's disappearance, suggested to the police that he might have made enemies um, who might want to hurt him by hurting his wife, his lawyer said. If he had such enemies, though, it was certainly casual about security arrangements. The family's modest house, and I'm going to post a picture of this, because the house just looks normal. Like, it's not fancy. It's like a really small house. There's no security cameras, no nothing. It's just like an average. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's another Mm. really interesting thing. Yeah, right? So the family's modest house on a cul-de-sac outside Oslo has no security cameras, and visitors can walk straight up to the door. Their neighbor... Um, said he and Mr. Hagen built their houses in 1980. Aww. So yeah, so I think that's <laughs> kind of, that's lovely. Maybe that's why they continue to live there, I guess. But it was just yeah. it's when you're worth a lot and like that much of a, you know, big of a businessman. It's just shocking you wouldn't have any sort of security or any anything. protection. Yeah, or, yeah. Or yeah. Protection. you do live in a really safe country. Maybe it you, think you don't safe, need yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair one. Uh, Mr. Hagen's address and private phone number can easily be found online though he is something of a technophobe. He never goes near a computer, is unable to write an email, and keeps the access code of his old Nokia phone scratched on the screen, his lawyer says. Oh, my God. Also, how are they allowing this guy? (laughs) No, oh, my God. How's this to work? (laughs) In the weeks following the crime, well before Mr. Hagen became a suspect, the family and the police had conducted negotiations with the that the kidnappers, what they thought were the kidnappers, um, communicating through small sales of bitcoins. Different payments corresponded with different requests and answers. After the initial contact, though, weeks would go by without anyone hearing from the supposed abductors. Finally, frustrated by the slow pace of the investigation, the police decided to permit news outlets to report that they knew. Still, the investigation went nowhere. In July, Mr. Hagen transferred a little over a million dollars to the supposed kidnappers on the promise that they would provide proof that Miss Hagen was still alive, but no, but none was forthcoming. The investigation was being is being led by a fourth generation police officer. Like this is like a TV show, Tommy Brosk. He presided over a team of two hundred working on this case. Wow, Mr. Brosk, forty eight, who in his free time plays drums in a jazz band. Nice. <laughs> the whereabouts. I mean, I know. (laughs) I mean, come on. Um, Had made a name for himself policing Norway's wild border with Sweden, squaring off with drug smugglers and and a motorcycle gang, the Banditos. (laughs) But he said last year that this was the most demanding case he had ever investigated. 
all in a glare of a nation's obsession with the mystery. So working methodically, despite the pressures, Mr. Broke started eliminating potential scenarios. Suicide was ruled out, as was Miss Hagen's just deciding to flee. In either case, the police reasoned why would she leave such a complex ransom note and have someone pose as a kidnapper and negotiate with the police and the family. Finally, late last month, as Mr. Hagen was driving to work, several police cars forced him off the road and officers arrested him. After 18 months of investigation, the police have come to a point where they believe there is sufficient cause to suspect Tom Hagen of the homicide or complicity in the homicide of Anne Elizabeth Hagen, Mr. Bro said in a statement. We now believe there was no abduction and that there was never any genuine negotiations, he said in the statement. In other words, we believe that there was a clear and well-planned attempt at misleading the police. A local court confirmed the arrest warrant, placing Mr. Hagen in custody, but then the Supreme Court ordered his release. There were no reasonable grounds for suspicion of my client, two out of three judges ruled. The police tried to rearrest Mr. Hagen the same day, May 8th, but failed, and then they came up with a new suspect, a cryptocurrency expert who has not been identified in the Norwegian news media. He was released two days later, but has been charged with assistance to kidnapping. So for now, the investigation is stalled. They think it's the husband. Their defense is saying they only have tunnel vision. They just think it's the husband. It's not that. Um, But at the moment, she's still not been found, and they still don't know what's happened to her. That's crazy. If it was, yeah, if it was him, though, say he did kill her, if he's that much of a technophobe, then he would need an accomplice, wouldn't he? Absolutely. Yes. Unless he's just been hiding this, like, skill. Secret talent, yeah. 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 So I just thought it was, I read this whole, like, I've sort of condensed the article that I read, mm-hmm. um, but it was such a well-written and, like, really interesting article that, like, it, you know, went on to, like, elaborate more. And obviously, we had, like, I'd never heard of this case, but it was obviously one that is, like, gripping Norway, and they're all really yeah. involved in it. And it's just such, it sounds like almost like something out of them. It could be a TV show or a movie. It mm. sounds very, like, um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, like, yeah. some, you know, something's happening in the background, and, yeah, like, very interesting. So I'm going to keep an eye out for that, if they ever do, actually. But it doesn't sound like, not that they would be forthcoming necessarily in the media with their evidence, but they don't seem to have a whole lot of evidence that he actually is involved. It seems like they just have lack of evidence, and therefore they just, obviously, motive and all that, and, you know, we know, it's usually the husband. <laughs> so, don't know. Yeah, especially because we'll she went missing so long ago as well. Yeah, exactly. So this week for one of our reviews, we are looking at the Kim Kardashian West, The Justice Project. So this is a new documentary and I personally watched it on Hey You. It was the only place I could find it, which is like an Amazon Prime channel. Side tip, you can sign up for a free trial, watch it and then cancel immediately so you can watch it for free. Uh, I'll try to keep my opinions to the end. Um... But I wouldn't bother. Anyway, so we start <laughs> off with... Um, That's so good. We start off with part one. How long is too long? So we learn of a story of a woman named Alice Johnson who was a phone mule, which I didn't know was a thing, but she would connect drug dealers with each other, basically using her specific phone. Um, She talks about how she was desperate for money 
She was trying to support her kids on her own. She had no criminal history. She never even touched drugs. But when she was caught, arrested, charged, she was convicted to life plus 25 years, which is the same amount of time as the Unabomber, which blew my mind. So basically, uh, Kim K sees it and sees it on Twitter, actually, and starts reading up on it and is outraged and is basically like, I want to do something about this. She starts posting like petitions and things. She meets with lawyers, her own lawyers, the woman's lawyers. They make up this like new defense team. And she actually delivers a speech at the White House on behalf of this woman. You know, the charge, the sentence was way too extreme, like show some mercy sort of thing. So after spending 22 years in prison, Alice Johnson is granted clemency, which is uh, she was given mercy and her sentence was changed. So she was released from prison. I can't even, I can't even begin to imagine what that would be like to, to play such a minuscule role. I think the idea was that the prosecution made it seem like she was the, the kingpin, like she was the leader and whatever. But even still, it's just shocking. It's a nonviolent crime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's an nonviolent. insane amount of time to spend for a nonviolent crime. And the rest of this documentary showcases different people who have been arrested for various different crimes, different stories, and the charges are quite extreme, or at least the sentencing is quite extreme. And it talks about how uh, there was one quote that said, every day about 12 people uh, in the U.S. are sent to prison. It's this sort of injustice, in a, however you want to phrase that, that Kim decides that she wants to get involved in justice reform and um, the justice system reform. She talks about that she's going to, she's like studying for the bar, but I don't know. Yeah, she's going to law school. Yeah, How can like, you go to law school and study for the bar if you don't have a fucking degree? It's a little bit foggy. She's working on it. I'll yeah. tell you, okay, I know some other, okay, other we'll, info. We'll get updates. So um, some of the other cases are about a woman who was um, sexually abused by a family member and she ends up killing that person and she gets a huge sentence. It talks a lot about rehabilitation and how we should really work to educate and rehabilitate and let people have a second chance because some people, there's one um, man who was arrested at 16 for murder. So it was quite a serious charge and a crime. But um, they talk about how, you know, he was 16 and he's done so much to improve himself and to help others. And should we not consider that in terms of giving people a second chance? So we talk a lot about looking at people's backstories, rehabilitation, does the punishment actually fit what the crime was, all that kind of stuff. I stopped making notes at that point. So my final thoughts that I wrote down were, I thought the quality of this was dog shit. I thought the message was worthy, okay? It's a good message. The injustice that is happening in the, the you know, the justice system is unbelievable and it's very upsetting. But I thought Kim K's voice was like urging me to walk into traffic. So it's... Frozen <laughs> gone. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I do really like that she talks a lot about how 
people make mistakes and largely that's due to previous trauma that was never dealt with or that they never were given proper therapy or education or all that kind of stuff. And they make these really horrific mistakes. And should we not help rehabilitate and educate and give people a second chance? So I really thought the the message was really great. Overall, I hated it. What were your thoughts? (laughs) Anna, do you want to go first? Not really, because I'm. I think I have the unpopular opinion. <laughs> I'm probably middle ground for you then. I uh, yeah no for me like I don't hate I'm not a Kardashian hater like good for them like business women like they've done they have freaking huge empire businesses clothing and all the stuff they do I don't know I'm not like a Kardashian hater anyway I just thought okay it maybe isn't the most gripping series but her message was good. I thought, good for her. Like, it's a big, it's a really huge problem in the U.S. And she's using her platform to do something really good. And so, like, I feel like I don't want to hate on her because I don't, I feel like actually, you know, everyone gave her so much shit for years because people are like, oh, she didn't do anything. You know, she's famous for nothing. Well, she's trying to really do something that matters. And so I'm like, okay. So I want to try to be, like, <laughs> nice about it. Because I didn't – to be honest, you're going to laugh. You're, I can't believe I'm admitting this to you. But I watched that special. It You're right. It wasn't my favorite thing. It wasn't – I mean, I don't know what it was. It's just not uh, – the stories were very interesting and important. Yeah, it was – anyway. So I've never, ever watched the, car, the show Keeping Up. I, mean, I don't like that, those, that sort of programs. Like, a, your reality, I guess you call it, if it's that. Um, so – Obviously, I had to get the Hey You thing, too. So I was like, right, okay, I'm going to watch a couple episodes just to see, like, I've never watched the show before. So I put it on. <laughs> I watched a few. And actually, throughout their, like, their series, that this latest series that they have on there, because it was on the Hey You thing, like, actually, there's about three more cases she brings up on her actual series because she'll, like, literally stop at a photo shoot and talk to, like, a prisoner. And she had a... She had a a guy was meant to be executed within a matter of, like, hours and, and managed to convince the governor to put a stay to the execution because he was in there, he was going through an innocence um, where they were testing DNA to see if he was even innocent or not. So she, you know what I mean? Like, so I kind of felt like I don't want to hate on her, but, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, the message is good, but maybe, like, meh. Definitely. I think she's got a bit of a – her personality is a bit odd in that I don't really think she has one. She comes across as being just a little bit vapid. And that's purely from this crap that I've seen. You know, I, I, I don't follow her on Instagram. I don't yeah. watch Keeping Up With The Kardashians. That's just, you know, what other people have really said about her. But she is using this really high profile that she does have to highlight this huge issue of mass incarceration in the US. And I think she did show a little bit of personal growth in the documentary. Mm, Remember there's one point where she's talking about how she was pretty judgmental towards people who had committed violent crime. And then she changed her opinion after talking to the people who've been committed of violent crimes. And I think she is genuinely invested in the topic and she does want to use her influence to assist the lawyers. I was concerned that her involvement was going to overshadow the hard work that the lawyers do. And I think there's one point where there's someone's going, you know, I, I just thank Kim for this. And it's just like, your lawyer's done it with Kim Kardashian's high profile drawing attention to your case. I think it highlights issues of punishment versus rehabilitation, racial bias, which is a huge issue in 
the criminal justice system, lack of resources and support for those that are vulnerable in society. But I, her voice just fucked me off and like just put on a goddamn fucking suit when you're going into a prison to talk to these people yeah, or like that. when you're meeting with lawyers and she's wearing like this little vest top with her fucking tits hanging out. And it's like, th- that doesn't happen in a law firm. It, it doesn't happen. It's, it looks unprofessional and maybe that's just like her way of doing things. And I just felt it was a bit like, I can come in, I can do what I want because I'm Kim Kardashian West. Mm. This is the thing. When I watched a couple of episodes, it's like she was, she went into like a prison and she was in a suit and she went in to do some other stuff where she's like on the foot, she's trying to talk to the governor and she's getting the governor and she helped convince, like trying to bring attention to it. And she was wearing a suit. It was really weird. And this is when she talked about, there was more elaborate. It's like, I wish they had put that stuff Mm. into, because it would have actually given her a lot more credibility, like not credibility, but Gravitas. Yes, you know what I'm gonna say? Because I watched that bit and I was like, oh, okay, this actually like brings a lot more to what she's doing and it's showing um, like, you know, she actually is really invested in it and doing things that are good. And like, yeah, her, you know, her lawyers are are doing, I'm gonna say doing a lot of, of course they're doing all the, you know, all the work. They are the ones that know the, the law mm. and know what to do. But it is good. I just, yeah. No, I'm, I totally agree with you. Um, put some, put a, put a suit jacket on. Like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not like, put your tits away. <laughs> not ragging on her in that she can't do what she's doing yeah. because of what she's wearing. In no way am I saying that. I just feel like it was just, it was just an odd thing to watch for something so, bit. so serious. Yeah. yeah. You just, almost wanted her to take it more seriously. Yeah, like, I, like yeah, it did. Not that she isn't, but it didn't in it certain didn't ways. And like it I didn't said, come across. It didn't, it didn't come, across. come across. I, I yeah. did, I'm with you there, and I think it was only because I watched mm. those few episodes because I never really. I wanted a little bit more like background with it because like I didn't want to like I don't know. I never watched the show. I didn't really have an opinion on them. I think oh, whatever, more power to them. They're doing what they're doing, mm. and like fine. And that and she was much more came across so much more professional in her regular show. Mm. I don't know. Do you think that Weird. they did that on purpose though? I don't know. I just thought the documentary from strictly a documentary point of view was garbage. Like, it looked garbage. The interviews were garbage. The the cutscenes were garbage. So that, like, for me, like, it really took away. Because you think, okay, you know, power to her for doing something with her status. Because there's lots of people mm-hmm. who don't do anything. All right? So she's doing something. Like, fair play. Um, the quality of the thing overall was, I just, I really hated it. Um, but I, I know what you're saying, Hannah, like, in terms of personality was a bit strange. And I wish I could have, like, screen grabbed it. Because there's this one bit where she's sat down talking to an inmate. And it's so awkward. It's like an alien talking to somebody. Like, she, it, it's like this awkward pause. Like, she didn't know how to, like, have, I don't know. It was just. Didn't know how to react. Was that Ooh. the guy she was talking to? I think it was so. One, and, and he was saying about how his mom murdered his dad. And she kind of did a weird pause. And then was like, oh, yes, that's... And I was just like, oh, I don't know. I want to leave like, my body. Like, I just, it was... It, I, don't, I, I don't know if that was just really bad editing or... Mm-hmm. Could be. Or she didn't know what to say. You know, yeah, because there like, was yeah. yeah there's, there's one part where she, um, Jenny, she was interviewing the girl who was um, 15 when she murdered the person who'd been yeah sexually abusing her. Um, Jenny, she ran away and then she had a, a pimp. 
Yeah, she was um, sex trafficking and she murdered, everything, yeah. She, yeah, and she murdered him, even though she didn't actually kill him herself. Someone else shot him, and but they thought that she was involved. They thought it was premeditated. And there's one point where she, they, they're like, when they're in, when you're interviewing someone, I kind of want to see that person telling their story and like what they're going on for. But with her, it, it kind of like the camera just like panned to like Kim Kardashian's face, and it was like, I don't want to look at her face. And she's doing yeah. this like weird like kind of squinting yeah. thing with her eyes, and it, it it was just it was just strange. Yeah, and I yeah. Just, I couldn't get past it. I'm sorry. I'd almost yeah. maybe enjoy it more if it was produced a produced by somebody else, please God. But maybe took the perspective of the group that she's working with. Um, I think it's like. Uh, God, I didn't write down the name. It was like Cut 50 or something like that, which was like a group of lawyers that were working on getting people out yeah. of prison. And I would have been mm. very interested to see the work that they're doing. And then just like a little bit, oh, by the way, Kim Kardashian helps us and this is what she does. But also like this is the work that we're doing. Like I maybe that mm. angle would have been yeah. more appealing. What would you guys rate it out of five? I'll give it a three. You know, we do need more of a spotlight on people having the right to a fair trial and due process and appeals and judicial reviews and rehabilitation and clemency and mitigating evidence being made available and actually being presented. So I thought it was good to highlight these issues. And she did an okay job at doing that. And she's using that high profile. So three, but stylistically, like the one. Yeah, I think I would do the same. I think, yeah, it wasn't well... Style of substance. It wasn't well produced. Uh, let's face it. It wasn't. Um, I but I get. I think I was trying to make sure. I didn't want to shit on another woman, just for who she is in the media. Like she's trying to do something good. So I think that's why I was trying to like defend a little bit or trying to explain myself what mm. I thought. Because I'm thinking, good, use this for a good thing. You know, good. So the message wise, I would give it a four. What you're they're trying to say. They just needed to find someone who knew how to make a documentary, anybody who knew how to make a documentary 100%. at all. They needed that <laughs> um, because she didn't, she was not able to do that on her own. Does that make sense? Cause like it didn't come across that well, but yeah. So I would say, I would still say watch it because it's important, but don't, but just know that, yeah, it's not going to be the best one you've ever watched as far as like style. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'd say the same thing. Really important message props to her for doing something meaningful uh, it looked horrific, and I wanted to turn it off. So I think I'd probably lean closer to, like, a two. Because it, it's just, enjoyment-wise, was in the toilet. So I guess, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Anyway, interesting stories, that's for sure, though. So the second review we have for you this week is The Dating Game Killer, a podcast by Wondry on the story of Rodney Alcala. Alcala? Alcala. I say it different every time. Who yeah. knows? Um, have you both listened to it? Not the whole thing, because I couldn't, because, ouch. I got to the last episode, and I thought, you know what? My life is too short to spend another 55 minutes on another episode. <laughs> we are having a bad run, anyway. We are. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to recap the whole thing, but here's the gist. Uh, it's a six-part podcast which tells us about the life and terrible crimes of Rodney O'Cala. 
Akala was a serial killer who was convicted for the murders of five women. He's currently 76 years old and on death row. He committed these murders between 1977 and 1979, and he also has a string of other offences as well. So the podcast goes through these, and whilst a lot of people might think that this is kind of superfluous information, like it's just filler, um, I think it helped to build a good mental image of the type of person that Alcala was. Mm. So the reason why Alcala is notorious is due to his appearance on the dating game in 1978. He'd already probably killed two women at this point. Um, the dating game is a matchmaking style program with a bachelorette who would ask questions to three bachelors hidden from view and based on their answers then she would pick one to go on a date with. We have a similar like a similar program in the UK called Blind Date, um, which was awful. Um, <laughs> the video of Arcala's appearance is actually on YouTube and he was introduced on the, sh- the show as a quote successful uh, successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the darkroom at the age of 13, fully developed. (laughs) Between takes, you might find him skydiving or motorcycling. End quote. His acceptance on the show is pretty controversial. Any kind of background check would have highlighted the fact that he was, at that point, a registered sex offender and a convicted rapist. (laughs) So he actually wins the game, and he's he's, um, picked by Cheryl Bradshaw, and the host, Jim Lang, tells them that their date will be a tennis lessons and then a trip to Magic Mountain. However, after meeting backstage, Cheryl just, like, nopes out, and she, like, refuses to go on this date with him, because she's like, that's a creepy-ass bitch. Yeah, God bless. So Akala was a photographer, and they found thousands of sexually explicit photographs that they suspect he took. Police in 2010 actually released 120 of the images um, in the hopes that they could um, identify some of the women that are in the photos, because um, they're convinced that he probably did kill more. And he think they think that maybe women in the photos could be his victims. The podcast uh, paints kind of like a good picture of what it was like in the late 70s. This was the time of Bundy, uh, the Hillside Strangler's son of Sam. And he was interviewed by the task force searching for the Hillside Strangler. I thought the podcast was okay. Akala's one of the biggest serial killers, and I didn't really know a huge amount about him. The podcast does okay at explaining everything about him, his life, his crimes, and how he fooled psychiatrists and employers. I think it's a bit descriptive in places. It kind of waffles on. And it is, I found some parts of it pretty grisly. So if you're not, like, into that kind of thing, then I'd have the skip button like pretty close to hand. What did you guys think? I thought, um, similar to you, I know that's one of the biggest cases, but I actually didn't know a whole lot of details. And like, you know, that he's the dating game, he's on the dating game and stuff, yeah. but I really didn't know a lot of the details. One of the things that I found though, maybe because I wasn't paying enough attention, but it almost felt like it would go in forward in time and then talk about something that already happened and then kind of like in this and they're talking about like in the years like in in 78 he was here and i was like wait was 78 when he did that that thing or was that has that not happened yet like i was i wasn't really paying enough attention to like follow the flow of their stories and stuff but i did find that they really described it like they it was almost like a separate narrative that they did like they talked about they'd set the scene of him you know kidnapping one of the the young women and he would they like describe you know the way they smiled and what they thought and how they felt and like all that kind of stuff so on one hand that was really interesting because it really did feel like it set the scene for what it was like in the 70s and and the attitudes 
in these certain situations. But on the other hand, it just felt like it was way too much. Like it would, it felt like they were just describing, you know, the Alcala walked up the pavement with confidence, his bell bottoms blowing in the breeze, like stuff like really specific. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely not an, an example, but it could have been like, that's what it sounded like. That sounded like a direct quote. Yeah, <laughs> just was. Yeah, it was just a it was a bit much. And I ended up not finishing it because it was just a little bit too like dragged on for me. Yeah, I agree with all of the above. It was just too, I just, it wasn't enough to keep me that interested. And it just waffled on. I was with you on that. It jumped around. And because I was already, they hadn't got me like really invested in it that I just was kind of like, oh, wait, what? You know, mm-hmm. the back and forth. To be honest, it's just like, oh, girl, you know, it wasn't an interesting story. It was just another fucking asshole. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, do you know what I mean? You're just like, mm-hmm. I know it's just another, oh, um, I tend to not find serial killer stories very interesting anyway. I tend to prefer, you know, crimes or investigations into how they catch somebody. Like how that interests me. Like I want to know how you caught them from this, that. And that, I think some of my favorite podcasts are because it's more of that intricate story. Not, I don't really like need to hear about this guy's life. Yeah, I don't. You know I don't I mean? want to read his diary. Yeah, I don't want to read his yeah. diary. Does that make sense? But that's my personal preference. That mm. some some people are really more into that, whereas me, I, my interest is other other places. So yeah, I mean, the other things I found really odd about it was the constant adverts for best fiends. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my god! What was that? They were so badly placed, and it wasn't a great sponsor for the show. Like it wasn't. I don't think it was very on brand. No. At all? Oh, there's so many. Like you were saying before, the podcast is dark. Like, it talks about some really heavy, um, explicit content. And then all of a sudden, you'd cut to this ad that didn't really make sense. You're like, this was not thought out properly. (laughs) (laughs) No. And then also, they had, like, the two narrators, which I found um, confusing. Because I I kind of listened to a couple of episodes, and I put it down to, you know, do something better with my time. And then when I picked it back up, I was like, who is this? Am I, did I click on the right episode? Did I, mm. you know, I, I feel like you could have listened to any of those episodes in any order and it would still be like, pro- the timeline probably would have put itself back in fucking order as well. And it's like, I didn't get it. I didn't think they needed two narrators. I don't no. know why they had to. It did, yeah, I was like, why, what? Mm, yeah. So rating wise, what are we going to go for? I guess if you really want to like learn about him, sure. Mm. Maybe, eh. I don't know. <laughs> 1.5. There you go. Whoa. Alana, what do you think? I'd, I'd give it a 2. I'm going to be generous. Give it a 2. Because it does, I mean, it does just explain the crimes and it does really set the scene. It's very, like, atmospheric, kind of, but mm. not very good. Cool. I think I'd go for a, I put just about scrape to 2.5. Just about <laughs> generous. I'm a 2.3, you know. Yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to make it a better average considering we've just slated two things in a row. Well, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with us. These last <laughs> pretty much we hate anything we watch and listen to at the moment. We're going to find something that we think is really We're gonna good. We're going to find something, We're guys. We're going to get there. Someday. Uh, unless someone wants to recommend something that they really, really love. Please. Yeah. We'll, we'll try our best. Please recommend us some things. Weird Crime Time. So for Weird Crime Time... We are 
in Kent, of all places. I saw this pop up, and I thought, yes, please, bookmark that. So the story goes that armed police and helicopter called after a big cat spotted close to Seven Oaks. So apparently, uh, the police were called, oh, this is bad, I don't know how to pronounce this, to Moat Road in Item, I Item, near Seven Oaks. Why would you name a place that? I don't know how to say that. Sorry, spell it. I-G-H-T-H-A-M. Oh, I like Iton. Iton, okay. So police were called to this village that I can't pronounce near Seven Oaks. Searched the area because apparently nearby walkers saw what they thought was a big cat. Fucking idiots saw a big cat in the woods. And they like, literally... Was he just chubby or like was it like... <laughs> A tiger. It was a big boy. Is it Carol Baskin? (laughs) (laughs) So they they had 10 armed police and a helicopter called, like legit searching for this big cat (laughs) that walkers spotted while, you know, on their hike. And it turns out that this grandmother is a sculptress and she had sculpted this tiger that sits in her back garden. And I guess the walkers saw it like through the trees, saw a sculpture that she had done called the police. They like almost raid her house basically. And she's like, I'm really sorry. It's not a big cat. I've in fact just made it real sorry. (laughs) Can can you imagine getting (laughs) helicopter and police to your house because of a statue in your backyard? I just can't go over it. I thought it was like actually going to be someone just had a really fat ginger cat. Yeah, no, so did I. That's where I thought it was going. Because I've oh seen like God. every like big cat sighting that you like you get in the UK, it always turns out to just be like a Labrador or someone's just got a big cat, like an actual just like a really fat tabby cat. And it's, yeah. it's never, it's never a, a leopard or anything fun. Yeah amazing a, st- a sculpture statue That's, i love it was she was she like on acid during her walk yeah. like and then she's like what she, i'm gonna oh, eat yeah. some mushrooms and go for a hike i would lie do you know if i realized that it was a statue i would just lie yeah. i'm sorry i would just be like yep no huge it's huge huge tiger keep looking <laughs> like, sorry <laughs> So next time you see a tiger in Kent, maybe take a second look before you call the police because it might just be a sculpture. (laughs) That is amazing. I love that. It's a proper Kent thing. All right. I think that's all we have for today. Please check out our website, murderfriends.com. You can see all of our sources there. Send us an email, murderfriendspod at gmail.com. Love getting your emails, any suggestions and interesting stories you bring to us, especially if you have any good recommendations at the moment, because apparently we can't find anything to watch or listen to. Instagram, murderfriendspod, and Twitter, murderfriendspd. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye!